are at a lot more risk for injuries and that's where we'll see horses that aren't fit properly have a higher risk of soft tissue injuries because they those tissues as much as our musculoskeletal system and our muscles and that and our cardiovascular might seem like it's in shape those tissues take longer to adapt to the sport specific um, I guess pressures that we put on them and that's where we do see injuries happen if our horses aren't in the shape that they should be for their sport. Hey guys, welcome back to Riding to Excellence, the Energy Equine podcast. Today I have Dr. Becky Tees and Megan Orange, RVT, in-house with us. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Good. <laughs> I think uh, we got some more, it's like, it's so funny, as we as this podcast evolves, we slowly pull in like all of our employees over time and they're always like, oh God, we don't want to be on the podcast, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun and fresh. It's going to be a good time. Um, today we are talking about the individualized conditioning plans that we have launched through Energy Equine. Uh, and so conditioning is something that, you know, all horse owners kind of have to deal with, especially Canadian horse owners coming out of winter. A lot of you may, might turn your horses out uh, at least for a couple months to give them a quote unquote break. And so now you're faced with kind of your fuzzy fat horse and you're like, oh my gosh, I have a rodeo in four months and my horse can barely breathe when he trots around. So we definitely thought that conditioning plans would be a good adjunct to what we offer. We've been doing quite a bit of rehabilitation. Uh, and so it's kind of just a, it's a symbio- symbiotic uh, thing when it comes to our vets and techs that we can offer our clients. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit more about the conditioning programs. We're going to chat with our veterinarian, Becky, as well as our tech, Megan, to see kind of what goes into the rehabilitation programs and the conditioning programs. And, uh, yeah, we're going to go from there. Okay. Now that I've rambled heavily, Megan, first off, explain what a rehabilitation technician is. That is the role that you encompass in our company. So what is a rehab tech? Um, so I'm actually a registered veterinary technologist. I did go to school in Vermilion at Lakeland College and spent some time in a surgical practice. And then I came down to Southern Alberta because sports med and rehab has always been kind of my favorite focus of practice and um, found out that there's actually a program offered for technicians through the University of Tennessee. So I pursued that and was able to finish that course last spring. So I have my, I guess, certification in equine rehab to help the veterinary team on those cases and help them progress back to the arena here. So at uh, the University of Tennessee in the CERT program, kind of what, what did that program look like? How do you utilize what you learned there within this role now? So the program itself was kind of 52, years, 52 hours sorry, of online um, beforehand, and then you go down and you do seven days hands-on with the really amazing staff at Tennessee there, and you learn the conditions that are amenable to rehab and all the different modalities that you can use on it. So they give you all these great pieces and how to use them, and then we get to come back and figure out how to put them together um, to help performance horses get back to the arena or back to the level that the veterinarians believe that they'll be able to get back to. It sounds like a really good program. I think it's with Dr. Adair, if that's, yeah. Yeah, Dr. Steve Adair at the University of Tennessee is kind of the main guy, but they also pull in... um, there's a lot of work on in education on like the spine and stuff from Dr. Kevin Hausler, who was actually a human chiropractor that then went to vet school. So he's a very knowledgeable, interesting human. Um, they have a lot of physios that they bring in from the human side of things to look more at the, because we do a lot of the medical diagnosis and then the physios and that that teach the course, teach the concept of kind of the functional diagnosis and return to performance aspect of things. Very cool. That's awesome. 
So, Becky, to pivot, we already kind of talked about fat fat horses turned out in fields, and obviously show season is creeping closer and closer. So what do you recommend this time of year for clients? What should clients be kind of thinking about? When should clients bring their horses in before the season starts? What does that kind of look like? Yeah, um, I think, you know, kind of channeling Coach Dan from our last podcast. Um, <laughs> nice. I, I think you really need to just start thinking about what your vision for the season is going to be and what your goals will be um, in order to sort of project what you need to do in order to reach those those goals. So um, I think, yeah, you, before you even pull your horse out of the pasture, you kind of need to make a mental game plan um, of what you need to commit to in order to reach that. Um, you need to know where you and your horse are both at mentally and physically, um, and sort of, you know, establish what the fundamentals of reaching that will be versus what the extras are. Um, you know, what level of performance are you wanting to take your horse to and what physical fitness level do you and your horse both need to be at? Um, similarly, you know, you need to, reflect on what physical restrictions your horse might have faced previously that might get in your way and address that before starting a training program. So, you know, does your horse have navicular bone issues or foot issues that have plagued them before? You know, is there some hawk arthritis, um, old injuries? And, um, and, you know, touching on that, it's, you need to also look at your farrier, nutritional, cardiovascular conditioning, and, and ultimately to what your budget is, because I think that'll sort of help you prioritize, you know, how much you can spend on the fundamentals and how much you can spend on the extras. So, you know, in my opinion, the fundamentals, the fundamentals are your soundness, your shoeing, you know, your airway, especially if you're, you know, in a barrel racing um, discipline, you know, your nutrition, those to me are the fundamentals. The extras are the, you know, more minute things like the saddle pads and the bits and the splint boots and, you know, the additional supplements and, you know, all those things, I think help, but if you don't have the fundamentals down pat, you're, you know, that probably getting that new saddle pad is not going to put you from the 40 to the 1D realistically. So totally. Yeah. It's like that old saying, like no foot, no horse. It's kind of like that whole look at horse health. Like if you're feeding them well, if they have a good baseline of soundness, if their feet are strong and ready to go. And if you're barrel racing, especially or racing, um, if they can breathe and run at the capacity that they need to, like you said, you're you're gonna do a lot better yeah. than if you just have a shiny new saddle on a fat horse. <laughs> well, and like hindsight's twenty twenty. Like I mean, I didn't know this when I was running before I was ever even close to vet school. But you can't out train a lameness. Like I remember when I was barrel racing and I could not crack out of the two D. And in hindsight, it was because my horse was lame. And I was like, I can train harder and more hours than anybody else and put more work in. But really, it's probably just to my horse's detriment because I was just pounding on them more and more. And really, if I would have just stopped buying all the little adjuncts, you know, the, the fancier splint boots or a new bed and just put that towards getting the fundamentals good, like the shoeing and the vet care and all that, I probably would have easily cracked into the 1D. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. So Becky, you kind of mentioned a soundness exam, and I think that's generally where most people's minds go when they're like, okay, it's beginning, the beginning of show season before show season. I want to get ready. I probably need a baseline for where my horse is at. So walk us through a basic soundness exam. Kind of what does that entail? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a combo of a physical exam and, and basically a lameness exam. So a musculoskeletal exam and, and we're very um, committed to doing them, you know, in a routine fashion. And it's not that everything's a cookie cutter, but 
Um, but we always look at the exact same things on every horse. And then based on those findings, we can, we can do more things. But um, basically the horse comes in, we look at their feet, we put hoof testers on them, um, you know, depending where they're at as far as shoeing and stuff. Sometimes we'll consult with Matt Humpage, um, our in-house farrier, um, if it's something we think he's going to need to look at. We do flexions. So basically flexing every single leg and putting compression on each joint. So we try to individualize the joints as much as possible. And then basically seeing if after flexions they, you know, take off lame. That could indicate that there's um, maybe some arthritic changes in there. Uh, we'll lunge them both directions, ask them a little bit from an exercise standpoint, see how they recover cardiovascularly. Um, you know, we'll feel their back, um, their musculature, make sure that everything's symmetrical. And basically what we're doing is we're looking for, for pain response, um, you know, flexions, palpation, or even just walking off the trailer. Sometimes we can pick things up. So, um, and then from there we might take some x-rays, do some ultrasound. And then from there we might implement some treatments based on what we see. So Megan, in with both hats on as your traditional RVT and then as our rehab technician, kind of during the soundness exam, how are you involved? What are what are you doing during a soundness? <laughs> um, so I'm I'm lucky I get to go out with the doctors and help do these. So a lot of the time I'm actually handling the horse, um, but I'm also very attentive to what the vet's doing. And when I have the opportunity to safely watch, I'll watch as they're palpating and if there's reactions where they are and kind of pay attention to what that can affect. Um, Jogging the horse, I most oftentimes don't get to see what the flexions flex off, I, but the vet always talks to the client afterwards, so I get the kind of the, the deets on that as they're going over what they found on the exam. Um, and I've lunged enough horses in my life now that I, I'm able to watch a little bit more the soundness as I'm lunging them. Obviously, from a diagnostic standpoint, I'm not allowed to say anything, um, but the vets, again, always go over with it, clients. Um, and then depending on what the, the vet points out um, in regards to the conditioning programs and that that we're putting together, where they feel the weaknesses and stuff are, it helps me tailor what that horse needs a little bit more in their leg up season to give the client things to do at home to make sure that horse can perform at its best. Mm -hmm. And so obviously when we talk about conditioning programs, we are, you know, in the ideal world, it's a sound horse for sure, or maybe a horse that requires a little bit of maintenance here and there, but generally is sound and is ready to go back to show season. Um, obviously on the flip side of that for injured horses or horses that um, have new injuries, we would be going more into a rehabilitation route. So today we are kind of focusing more on the sound or routine maintenance type category of equine athlete. So Megan, what are you looking for during your soundness exam or perhaps prior to or after to include within your conditioning programs? Like what does a basic conditioning program look like? So there's kind of the, a few different parts to like, I guess if you look at the traditional and what they've done research on for conditioning and it starts out with a long, slow distance period is what they call it. Um, and when they talk about young horses, that period can kind of be anywhere from six to 12 months with a horse that's being conditioned for the first time. Um, so if you're looking at things like cutting and stuff, a lot of time they'll start them as two year olds and then they kind of go into the show pen as three year olds, but there's been that long, slow distance increase in fitness and, what they can do over the previous year on average. Um, and then a horse that's been just off for the winter and has been in a really fit condition state before will come back sooner. Kind of the recommended is 10 to 12 weeks um, doing your long, slow distance. And then you get into more sport specific exercises. So for things like barrel racing or reining and stuff, it does differ a bit because barrel racing is a lot of very high speed 
Um, and we need to look at things like speed play or um, sprint exercises and working and strengthening our anaerobic meta- metabolism because that's where that sport is focused in. Um, things like if we were doing thoroughbreds and they're running over a longer distance, a lot of that depends more on your aerobic system and just how your body um, I guess whether or not you build up lactic acid and in what kind of sport you're performing. So we kind of tailor the conditioning programs to what the horse is going to be doing um, and where they're going to be like roping and barrel racing and stuff. A lot of the time depends a lot more on your anaerobic metabolism because they're working in such such short sprints. So you more likely with those type of sports are more likely to build up lactic acid. So if we can condition those horses in where they're used to going through that and then give them a proper amount of rest. So a lot of what the research in that refers to is a kind of a one to six ratio if you're working your anaerobic metabolism. So you would do a 20 second sprint at competition speed and then you take six times that amount of time. So I think that works out to two minutes or something like that at a rest, like a light jog or a walk. And you can do suppling exercises during that time to help flush out any quote-unquote toxic things that build up in the muscle um and then for your aerobic and then you and the important thing i think when you're looking at these is not to do these workouts back to back to back to back like if you go out and you do this too much you're going to get a lactic buildup no matter how much rest you give you need to give adequate days in between where you do a lighter workload to make sure that those muscles recover after going through an intensive cardiovascular training because if we don't give the tissue the time to recover, the muscle isn't going to be where, like, at the goal of what we're trying to accomplish. So essentially what you're saying is that, you know, if you have your traditional older, you know, weekend cutter, he's trained, he's ready to go, it's more of you just want to get him back in shape. It's going to take, you know, 10 to 12 weeks almost before they can go back to working cattle regularly, which I think is a surprise to a lot of people. But in the interim, that's where we can see a lot of injuries, correct? That's kind of the concern here with conditioning. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, the big thing, and some horses will adjust quicker than others. Like we, I think the majority of us that have been in the industry for a while know that thoroughbreds get into shape quite easily. Um, but your quarter horses and stuff, it's the cardiovascular and your muscular, like musculoskeletal system respond the fastest. What takes longer to respond is your bone, your cartilage, your tendon, and your ligaments. And so those four things, as much as they may seem like muscularly in shape and ready to go, those four things do take longer to adapt and so it's important when we start a conditioning program to start on straight lines or on large circles and as they get stronger then come in because if we you know we pull a horse out and we go we go jumping or we go run a barrel pattern or something like that and those tendons and that that haven't been worked warmed up and it's had those stresses on them in a regular schedule recently are at a lot more risk for injuries and that's where we'll see horses that aren't fit properly have a higher risk of soft tissue injuries because they those tissues as much as our musculoskeletal system and our muscles and that and our cardiovascular might seem like it's in shape those tissues take longer to adapt to the sport specific um, I guess pressures that we put on them and that's where we do see injuries happen if our horses aren't in the shape that they should be for their sport yeah definitely and then the other thing that you talked about was you kind of went through it, how you individualize conditioning programs. And that's, um, essentially where your horse is at. Are they ready to return to sport specific performance or are you just pulling them out of the field and getting them ready to start to go back to that? And then you also provide a schedule 
day by day of kind of, you know, just a straight Monday to Friday game plan of what you should be doing with your horse um, day by day, which is kind of interesting. And that's how you individualize the programs. So give, I mean, it's hard because it's visualization time. Everyone close your eyes, but uh, (laughs) give us an example of what a, what a standard conditioning program will look like. For a return to performance, let's say. So for just a return to performance, a lot of it is starting out at like 20 minutes of walking and then slowly working your way up. The big thing, there's kind of frequency or yeah, frequency of your workouts, intensity and duration. And we don't want to increase more than one of those at a given time. So if you're going to increase the intensity of your workout, do not in, like either keep the duration the same or decrease it would be your advice because otherwise you're a lot more likely to go into fatigue and then you're going to be backwards more than you are forwards in your program. Um, and you can start out kind of two, three days a week and then work up to five or six. Um, and once you get through that long, slow distance period, like the the marker for that is when they can work at a walk, trot, jog with two to three uh, minutes of lope at one time for 45 minutes to an hour. And then that's usually when I'll start incorporating some sport specific exercises. Um, like if you're looking at a reining horse, um, that would be where we could start doing inertial drills and some sprint stuff because they do have, they're kind of a mix, like I was saying earlier, of your anaerobic and your aerobic system of what we ask of them because they'll, they have their loping and stuff, but then they've got their sprints into their stops and their big fast circles. Um, so the sport specific things, as much as we can do, like a, what I was calling a cardiovascular workout, where you introduce your sprint work and stuff, you can work on your drills and doing your stops at speed and doing your turns at speed and working on your big fast circles and things like that as part of your cardiovascular and then giving them that appropriate one to six ratio break. Um, and then on the days in between at the beginning of that, as you're trying to get your horse more fit, they recommend that you do it three days a week. So I'll start out with like kind of a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then on Tuesday, Thursday, we do that 45 to 60 minutes of work at a slow to moderate speed. And we can still school at those speeds, but I wouldn't recommend you do sprints into your stops. Like maybe we school turns a little bit slower and work on technique those days. And we can do suppling exercises when we're working at a walk and a jog just to help stretch everything out. Because the more that we can keep the tissue moving without fatiguing it, the more we're going to be able to flush out anything and decrease our risk of our horses tying up or building up lactic acid and those kinds of things. Yeah, definitely. Becky, do you have anything to add to this conversation? I love having Megan on our team (laughs) because she's so brilliant in these little systems. Like we can, uh, yeah, you know. Me and Chad and Travis, we certainly um, can help out from the lameness perspective, but I think there's so much that goes into the, the equine athlete outside of, you know, them coming into the clinic one afternoon, and, and this is where Megan is really going to sort of bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. And also to touch on, one of the questions that we had from from Facebook was, you know, kind of, what about body workers and farriers? Where can they be involved? And uh, everyone knows that we love body workers, farriers, and other equine professionals, and they're more than welcome to join you if you want to bring them along for the appointment. Um, but we're also happy to send our reports to them after your session with your permission, of course. So if we notice anything that they can help you with on your side of things, we're happy to give them recommendations. But Megan, you also just went through the equinology course, so you have some insight too in the, the body work side of things, I know. Yeah, I've actually always, I've had my eye on the bodywork course for quite a while because it's something that's always interested me. And then, you know, life takes a different path and I ended up doing the rehab course first and I'm in the middle of doing my externship for the bodywork course. But my goal with it was to gain some more insight on muscles and how they work and what they, what they do to help 
um, specialize our rehab programs a little more depending on what injuries we're dealing with. But also, I think body work is something that a lot of the time is, uh, I guess, overlooked, um, especially because I, I can only speak to the equinology course because it's the one that I've been through. But they do learn a lot. Um, and a lot of those people that pursue that career are very passionate about it and go on to continue to study other things. And I think they're a very integral part of an athlete's team. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of different styles of body work that we can utilize either before competition, in between shows, or after competition. If you have a horse that has issues with not being able to excrete your waste products the way that you would hope to, there's a lot of like effleurage and post mis- like post competition massages and that that those people can provide that I think have a a big place mm-hmm. in in cool. the athlete's I mean, schedule. You, you look at an Olympian and the team it takes to get them on the podium, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. they've got massage and chiro and physiotherapists. And so I don't think it's a big stretch to, uh, you know, expect the same for our equine athletes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so obviously that being said, we're happy to work with bodyworkers fairs. And like I said, other equine professionals that might be on your team um, and happy to kind of communicate with them what we've, what we've seen and recommended in these individualized conditioning programs. Um, so to go into it, the package includes one soundness examination with a veterinarian of your choice at Energy Equine. So if uh, you're dead set on having Becky there, we're happy to send her out. But if your veterinarian is Dr. Travis Kelter, that's okay. You can book with your veterinarian <laughs> of choice for the conditioning packages. Um, we're laughing because earlier we started setting up for this podcast and Travis had a look of sheer panic on his face and was like, am I involved in this? And we're like, no, but he is involved. (laughs) If you want him to be involved in the conditioning program, you're certainly welcome to have him or Chad as well. Um, so the package includes that soundness examination that we talked about earlier, the individualized conditioning program based upon the vet's recommendations for our, from our rehabilitation technician, Megan. And then Megan also is going to perform a halfway check-in call to ensure that you are on track. So that being said, said people asked us you know are both both parties going to be involved in the appointment yes the veterinarian and megan will be at the appointment um you're more than welcome to bring another equine professional with you like we've touched on and then we also had some questions like okay well you know what if i have some specific areas that i'm concerned about or you know what if i'm ready for my routine maintenance that i get every year etc etc obviously you're more than welcome to add on things to your appointments If there is an area that either you or your veterinarian is concerned about, we can certainly perform further diagnostics such as x-ray or ultrasound. And obviously our veterinarians are more than happy to tailor your soundness examination to your concerns, just like any normal appointment. And uh, they're happy to work inside your budget as well. So if you come to the, come to the party and you have a certain budget in mind and an idea of what you want out of the appointment, definitely communicate that with your team because we are happy to discuss it with you. And then Last but not least, the question in everyone's mind, what does these individualized conditioning plans look like for the entire package, the soundness, the uh, conditioning program, and the check-in call? It's $150, so it's a pretty good deal, I think, for a return to performance package. Do you guys have anything else to add? I think we covered it all pretty nice. A little short and sweet pod today about the conditioning plans. If you guys have any questions, you know where to find us. You can email us at eeoffice at energyequine.ca. Find us on Facebook or Instagram at energyequine. And uh, yeah, give us a call 403-700-0818 to book an appointment with us and maybe get a conditioning program out of it too. All right. Thanks again, guys. We will talk to you soon.